0: Hey guys, and welcome to the next episode of the Shane Walsh Fitness Podcast. We're at episode 107. So, every second episode for I think September anyway has been a, a different style of episode. It's more of a chit chat between two people rather than me interviewing someone. So, kind of every second episode is a podcast that I've been requested to kind of go on. I'm very, very humbled and, and to be been asked on to 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 all of them, and I still find it very strange when that kind of thing happens. So this is an episode that I recorded with a guy called Nathan Joseph. So Nathan was on Love Island in twenty seventeen in the series with I think it was with Kem and Amber, and he was in that for a little while. And he's had his own mental health issues, which he's very very open about. he's suffering from body dysmorphia, and he 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 talks about his lows through his mental health battles, and it's it's a really really touching episode. So. Nathan is the host of Stress Depressed and Now Blessed podcast. And he's been very, very lucky to have the likes of James Smith and stuff like that on this podcast. So guys, I can I can only push you towards the direction of Nathan. He's doing extremely extremely good work. If you want to follow him on Instagram, it's at NathanJosephPT. So I hope you guys enjoy the episode. If you have any questions at all, let us know at the very end. And I hope you guys enjoy the episode.
1: I'll introduce myself a little bit to your listeners. Um So obviously my name's Nathan, uh, I currently live in Australia. Um, I've lived out there for about 18 months, 19 months now, um, started online coaching just through a sheer desire to help people. Um, I don't know why, but I just feel like it's my mission. The reason why I'm on this planet is to help people, um, And I was actually told a while back or asked the question, how much do you think you know about fitness? How much do you think the normal normal person knows about fitness? And I was told that the answer for a normal person is between zero to one. So therefore I should be passing on the information that I have to as many people as I can, because that can only benefit them. So that's what I'm trying to do. Um, I'll let you have your game. Go on.
0: Yeah, so my name is Shane Walsh, so I'm an online coach and nutritionist based in Dublin in Ireland, the host of the Shane Walsh Fitness Podcast, which has blown up during lockdown. Um, and I think the likes of like Darren, Felicity, uh, Paul Morris, Sinead Hegarty, Siobhan Hagan and stuff like that have come on it um, and has really helped kind of grow. Uh, and I specialize in kind of female fat loss. I do work with lads as well, uh, but I'd say 95% of my clients are female fat loss, And yeah, it's, it's been amazing. The reason why I kind of got into online coaching was, which we'll talk about kind of my own mental health issues. I think that's the reason why Nathan and I kind of click and why we follow each other is kind of that side of things and how we got into fitness. Um, And it's just about kind of getting rid of the kind of bullshit that's out there and trying to help one person at a time. Like it's not, it's, it's very rewarding. It can be quite taxing at times in relation to trying to get through the bullshit and all the mud that's out there but it's very it's one of the most rewarding things like i've come from a corporate world a corporate job where my my la- there was a the wrong ladder against the wrong wall for so long and to find something that you actually enjoy it takes the stress
1: it takes the it takes the worry away from you as well when you actually enjoy what you do 100 percent. i think uh at times for me i don't know if you're the same but i have to pinch myself when i am doing a job that i love because i think that one thing we're taught from a very young age is like, life is hard. Like life is hard. You don't enjoy what you do for work, but you do it because it gives you money to then live. Whereas I feel like I went down that corporate route, like you say, like um, recruitment, IT sales, knew it wasn't right for me, but I did it for so long because I thought, right, well, everyone just, does a job that they don't necessarily enjoy but they have to do it um so there where you say how rewarding it is i think it is crazy and obviously for me and yourself like that mental driver i think people think are oh, you're into fitness because of the way it makes you look or whatever but i really believe that that is a byproduct and yeah, like I,
0: I, think it's, I think it's a a massive, massive thing. I think a lot of people think that people who potentially look a certain way have it easier, but they've just kind of put one foot in front of the other more often than that other person. And it's not about having the aesthetics, which are amazing, uh, but it's not. You can't be you, like. Unless you're a genetic freak, you're not going to be ripped all year round. Mm. That's not what this is about. It's about finding a balance, about finding a way that works for me. And then if I can promote what I believe in without kind of ramming it down someone's throat, then that's what I want to do. It's about finding a balance. Like I'm not the most ripped PT. And I I'm, I'm not sure. Like I got I got trolled pretty bad last week. Uh got called a pre BS and 14 year old boy by one of the shoot, the pictures that I put up. Um, I know who it is uh, it's one of the PTs that I used to work with in Dublin That's and by a secret account like they put up the set up a secret account and all that kind of stuff and I was like this is bonkers and I, I was kind of laughing it off on the day of and then a little bit of a downtime on the Friday or the Saturday afterwards and it kind of hit me I was kind of like that person's gone to an awful lot of effort to be negative I genuinely feel sorry for that person's headspace that they have to go up and set up an account
1: To do that. Not only that, I think if people throw that sort of shade on you or they try and make digs, it's spawned out of jealousy. And no one is jealous of somebody that's not doing as well as them. So it's just a credit to yourself that you're delivering something that they wish that they could go to that level. And they're that embarrassed of what they're saying that they're going to have to go from another account that they've created to try and dig you out because what is that going to give them a kick and realistically like you say you think about it for a moment but what are you actually doing helping people achieve their goals in the right way which I think is a difficult part of our jobs now is definitely to deliver it in the right way because I think there's so many PTs and online coaches out there that right, I'm going to absolutely hammer you for eight weeks, 12 weeks. You're going to get into ridiculous shape just for my transformation picture, but you're not really going to learn anything. You're going to be in a massive deficit. You're going to hate the process, but ultimately you've said you want to look a certain way. I've got you there. I've earned my money, but that isn't 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 the right way. And I think that's no. another level where we connect as well, because it is cool. about doing yeah. things. Yeah, I think
0: we're talking for about a good while before we came kind of came on air mm. about kind of how we structure, how we approach this the, the way we, we work with people and stuff like that. And it's more of a one-to-one basis. There are there are people out there kind of doing the kind of eight week, ten week transformations yeah. and stuff like that. They're amazing, don't get me wrong, but it's not the way I want to coach. I tried to launch that kind of product, wasn't feeling amazing about it. Um, but it was one of those things that I want to be able to have someone Able to stay roughly around the body the, the way they want most of the time, mm. give or take a few kilos. Well, well, what's weight when you're feeling great, if you know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. And I, one of the biggest things I focus on with my clients is a thing called non scale victories. And it's yeah. about how you're fitting in your clothes, how you're feeling, how your headspace is. And you're a massive advocate of mental health. Yeah. And you've put, you've been so, so open. And that's why I love the the name for your podcast, which is Stress, Depressed and Now Blessed, which is an incredible title. So how has kind of like the, the the fitness stuff helped your own mindset? And from being someone that kind of had a lot of different jobs and
1: then finding fitness, how did that kind of change for yourself? I think for me, like on a personal level, I've always loved fitness, always. From a young age, I played sport then I found the gym really fell in love with training. But I found that I was like so many people, I was training to get in shape for when I had my top off. And then after that, although I knew how to get myself in shape because I'd leave it right, you're eight weeks away from your holiday you're going to put yourself through ultimately like a training camp that a boxing, a boxer would do, or an athlete would do. You're going to deprive yourself of food that you love. You're going to deprive yourself of social situations. Coming back off holiday, I'd get to a place where people probably look at me and say, well, you've never really been out of shape, Nathan. But what I always say to, I'll have clients that come on and I'll think you're already in good nick, but the thoughts that I have about them it's not their faults. Yeah. So anyone can think that they're not necessarily in the best shape or shape that makes them happy when they look in the mirror. Um, and I realized that it was really playing a massive or taking a massive toll, I should say on my mental health. I'd look at myself in the mirror. I'd feel disgusting. I remember with my ex misses I wouldn't want to sleep with her like, cause I was just disgusted by how I looked. Um, and as a result of that, I thought to myself, right, I need to change this because I don't want to feel good for 10, 14 days, every six months. I want it to be sustainable results all year round. Um, and when I set up my business built in 100, or I should say when it's all started, it wasn't a business idea at all. It was just, I want to focus on my mental health. I want to be feeling good, enjoying my life, whilst fitness is a massive part of it. So I put myself through 100 days of doing this and it my habits completely changed. Um, I'd go out, One the biggest change that I experienced, which so many people struggle with, I think, um, is when you go out and you enjoy a meal with your friends and you go out and you have a beer, to be guilt free for doing that. So you're like, I'm choosing that on the menu. I'm going to enjoy it. And tomorrow I'm not going to regret my decision because I know over the next few weeks or the next week, I can just make some small changes. That means I'm just bang on target for what I'm trying to achieve here. Um, so that sort of really got me going, I'd say. And then once I experienced that mental shift, myself I was like I had counseling myself and when I went through my counseling I was like this is probably the most unbelievable thing that I've done personally I would love to be able to do this for other people but obviously I wasn't qualified to do that but one thing I was qualified to do is PT or coach and to take myself through that transformation which has allowed me to live a life where I've made some massive decisions over the last few years since putting myself through the transformation. And I would honestly put it down to that mental shift of waking up because when you wake up in the morning, you go brush your teeth in the mirror, you see yourself, didn't you? And if that's a negative fault to begin the day, then it's just going to stack. But if you're able, like you say, two kilos away from being where you want to be, but you feel amazing and have the power to know that you can change that yourself. I think it's just unbelievable to be honest. So
0: yeah, it's really interesting that you've, you've spoken about kind of when people are going out for meals, that's mm. a massive, massive thing that's kind of coming up more and more about when, because now the doors are kind of opening a little bit more here in Ireland and people are going out for a little bit more food and potentially they've had things under control. Yeah. And some people haven't had things under control with their food uh, mm. during lockdown as well. I know in Australia, it's slightly different. You guys have been a little bit more open because you have the sun. So it's a little bit more outside. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But in for people, when they're going to go out for meals, they kind of freak out. They kind of almost build up this tension in their bodies that they can't enjoy themselves. They put these foods up on a pedestal. Like there's no good or bad foods. Foods don't have a moral compass. So Honestly. I think we wait, we waste so much energy on saying, can I have this? Can I have this? Well, we could probably save that energy for actually are going out for a walk, talking to a friend, talking to a counselor, putting the energy where you actually need to, which is probably your own headspace because for, from working with people, The thing that holds a lot of people back is fear. 100%. Six inches between their two ears. And then the fear of actually looking like a failure to their friends. 100%. And I think once that was the biggest thing for me, that was the epiphany for me from going from the corporate world to setting up my own business. My friends were amazing. My family were amazing. But there was always this thing like, if I fail, what what am I going to go back to? Mm -hmm. If I fail, if you fail your diet, potentially wasn't the right diet for you, but you also have to look at it was, did you really kind of give it 70, 80% Mm. of your time or did you kind of just think this is going to be a quick fix? Yeah. Like everyone can lose weight in eight weeks. Everyone can lose weight really, really quickly. Lads, a little bit more easier than women. I'm sorry, women, if you're listening to this. But it's one of those things that you need to find some sort of approach that works for yourself. Like you've spoken about counseling and so Mm. many people are afraid of it. I would not be on this earth today if I hadn't gone to counselling. 100%. I remember,
1: so to get quite deep with you now, I remember for me, when I was struggling with my mental health, I'd have like thoughts of, the first time I had thoughts of thinking, okay, I don't actually want to be here anymore. I, I remember I drove past a bus and in my head, out of nowhere, something was just telling me, drive in front of the bus, drive in front of the bus. And in that moment, I only thought, I thought to myself, I'm not going to do it because I don't want to injure anyone on the bus. But even that thought itself is crazy because I'm not thinking of my own health. I'm, the only reason why I'm not doing it is because of the people that are there. That sort of escalated to a point where I was, I remember I was around my grandma's crying on a um, living room floor and there was one person that I was aware of that had suffered with mental health issues in my area. So I messaged her um, and she referred me to this counsellor. And like you say, without the counselling and without that one person that helped me on that day, I, I honestly don't think I'd be here right now. So it is a bit of a taboo. Does it, some people may think, oh, it shows you're weak, but, I think it shows you you're you're strong, isn't it? If you if you can identify a problem that you have in yourself and change it, and have what it takes to change it, that's power, in my opinion.
0: And I think I don't. I think the one thing I've realised from talking to people on a daily basis is that you don't know what's going on in someone else's life. You could be walking past someone on the street. That person has something going on in their lives they're unhappy with. Mm-hmm. There's stuff that they have in their life they love. Well, we don't, we put these people up on pedestals, we, pedestals, we pe- put people up on social media pedestals that, and we saw, see the highlight reel, but we don't necessarily know what's going on in the background. Everyone has stuff that's going on. Yeah,
1: Everyone yeah. has
0: different things, whether it's kind of self-belief, self-acceptance, uh, their own mental health, They're like are they, they're unhappy with family, work, everything. It, it's for so long, you think you're the only person that's ever felt this feeling. I can assure you somewhere along the line in time or now, with what's going on, someone else has felt the way you are feeling right now. That may not help you right now, but to know that someone else has got through it should help in some shape or fashion. In order to kind of help you push yourself, but also if you are a man from two lads having a chat, it the kind of the, the stigma of ta- talking about mental health it has been raised up. Mm. But I think the campaign and the awareness is there, potentially not the implementation and how for people to go about it. I think it's amazing saying, oh, you can talk, but what's the next level? There seems to be a a middle gap missing between the ad campaigns
1: and someone actually reaching out to actually go get that help. 100%. And I think that's where, not it's my duty, but for me, Obviously, I care what people think about me, but I'm quite thick-skinned. So, and my mental health issues definitely didn't come from what people thought of me. So therefore, when I felt at my lowest, I just felt so lonely. So that, and to hear that people had experienced a similar thing. Even when people, after I came out and said that I'd been struggling with my mental health, people was messaging me saying, I've gone through a similar thing. The thought in my head was, why didn't you tell me like, why do you know what I mean? Because, but in that that same sense, it's because they're worried of what people will think. And I didn't experience anyone in my life that was negative towards me struggling with my mental health. But if, if you did experience that, then obviously they're not the right people to have in your life anyway, but people do support you. And like I say, some of my best, best mates at home have said, different things to me and i think to myself i wish that i knew that you would was feeling that way at that time but you must have felt so lonely as well do you know what i mean so therefore that's why i like to do what we we're doing here
0: I th- i've had the exact same thing um when i was at my lowest you almost feel like a burden to those around you and you don't want to share your problem because mm. everyone has stuff going on and you almost don't want to send that text. Mm. You almost don't want to send that message. Hey, mate, I'm actually struggling. Can we meet up for a coffee or go for yeah. a walk or whatever? But now if I go quiet, my best mate, within probably 24, 48 hours, will be like, hey, mate, you all right? Yeah. And something as simple as saying, hey, mate, how are you? Yeah. Or anything like that, a simple text. That I think there was a challenge done by one of the, the kind of the mindset people over in Ireland called Pactively. So if anyone's not following Patively, definitely – definitely, definitely follow him. He uses the task of like, people can go out for a walk, people can go out for a run and put those things on the pedestals. And they're the easy tasks for them. But when if something comes to sending a text to someone you haven't spoken to or having a phone call with someone you haven't spoken to during lockdown and, and it has to be a different person every single day, we freak out. Mm. We freak out when it comes to being vulnerable. We freak out when it talks to, when it comes to talking about feelings. We freak out when it talks to actually having a, a real conversation with someone. Some people aren't prepared for real conversations, but you texting that person will probably will go a, a long, long way. And you don't know how much that will mean to one person.
1: Hundred percent. And I think for me as well, like when I was when I came out to my close group of mates, it felt like I felt like they had a WhatsApp group without me, and they was messaging. Each other, right? It's your turn to check in today. Your turn to check in today. Because they'd literally all oh, day after day, it'd be a different person being like, How are you, mate? No, no, no. And then I think some people think that, oh, if you're struggling from, with mental health issues and you talk to the like if someone was talking to me about my mental health issues or whatever, or just checking in, I'm not necessarily going to be like, Oh, I feel so shit. No, no, no. I might just want to have a chat about the football but it's the connection that you have with that person you're just having a decent conversation with someone that you know cares about you that just makes you feel better it doesn't necessarily have to be about the problem that has caused the issue
0: yeah like it's so important to have kind of those three one two three four or five people whatever it may be And I know I've definitely probably cut people out of my Mm. life because they weren't necessarily on the same train or bus as I was on. And potentially that hasn't gone down too well, but you have to be selfish. You have to be selfish with your time. You have to be selfish with your energy and saving your energy for people that actually want your help, people that actually want to join in on your journey because ultimately it is your journey. And we've spoken about this off air about kind of having, using your life for yourself and Mm -hmm. using your life for what you want to achieve and what using your life for what you think your mission is. And if people want to jump on that, amazing. If people don't want to jump on it, that's that's their credit. But I I guarantee further along along down the line, they'll have something along, they'll probably send you a text message probably years down the line and say, right, I probably should have handled this X, Y, and Z. And that seems to have happened during lockdown for me from Mm -hmm. a few people that weren't on board probably three and a half years ago when I started doing this.
1: Yeah.
0: where it is now, which is, which is crazy. I think there's a lot of time for reflection during lockdown.
1: I think um, with that as well, massively is like you say there, I think we're taught at a very young age being selfish is not good. Like your mom and dad would say to you, you are selfish. That is selfish. Don't do that. But for me, I'm not saying go out there and be a prick, but I think I was talking to a few mates at the weekend about happiness and what causes happiness. And I think on one hand, you have to be very selfish, do things that you want to do. And if there's people on your sort of that are in your life that are on that journey with you, brilliant. If not, they're on their own journey, which is absolutely fine. But then also I think a massive key to happiness is being selfless. If you're selfless and you give back to people, if you put out energy where you are helping people or you are that person that just checks in on a mate, how are you? Uh, blah, blah, blah. I think you're going to be happy because you never want to be in a situation where, ah, oh, I was going to text you, but then I didn't. And now something's happened to you. Yeah. Cause that's what's yeah. that going to do to you?
0: yeah i think i think like if you're if you're we all have a choice we all have like if you don't do something once it's a mistake if you don't do something twice it's a choice yeah so if you have decided you've ultimately decided not to text that person you've also decided not to take action on what you're doing like there are people with mental health disorders and all that kind of stuff from ourselves our se- our situation seems to be a little bit more situational Rather than the actual chemical imbalance, I'm not sure that's what mine definitely was, and most people's mm. are that way. But for my own story, was in relation to being put on the medication, I was put on medication. And to say that I sent it drunk, I know for an Irishman, that's ironic, but it's I sent it drunk all the time, and it just I don't know how to describe it. It's like a gray shadow over your eyes, you just can't see properly. Yeah, it just, it just messed with my head completely. And I think people are too quick to go to meds for anything or to go for supplements rather than trying to actually go to the root of the problem and trying to say, right, I actually need to look at what's triggered me. Is it something to do with my parents? Is it something to do with my family? Is it something to do with school or whatever it may be rather than kind of reaching for this quick fix, whether it be a diet,
1: whether it be meds. You've hit the nail on the head in my opinion, like everyone goes for quick fix, uh, Oh, well, they've said that this will do this. So I'm just going to jump on it when ultimately you're just papering over the cracks. Yeah. Yeah. And one day you're going to be exactly, if you, if you do a crash diet, you're going to get results. You're going to learn nothing and be exactly where you started. Likewise, in my opinion, taking medication and whatever, you're going to just paper over the cracks, but then you're not going to get to the root cause of the problem which you need to understand to move on and let go and become more positive in my opinion like one of the hardest things for me when I was going through my battles it was to do with family and I sat down with someone in my family and just told them how I felt and from that day that was sort of like get me wrong i worry that i could revert back to a state i I think you always live in fear if you have suffered with mental health but from that point i was like i have what a massive thing i've identified what has made me feel that way and i've addressed it and it goes back to then the choice that you mentioned there it's now their choice they know they how they've made me feel and now it's their choice to continue to do that or to change
0: I think the other thing that we need to realize is that some people aren't necessarily going to change some, like Mm -hmm. if we took, if we look at kind of the older generation, they're like, you can't teach old dog new tricks, Yep. but they are set in their ways. But what we can change is how we cope with their, their, their kind of negative comments or Mm -hmm. their little snipes or something like that. For instance, like my uncle rang me to go over to his house for dinner on Thursday. Yeah. And at the end of the call, he was like, so, um, Shane, can uh, you uh, actually eat food? Because you think because you're like health and fitness, they're like you can't have the foods you yeah. want. And I'm like the old. When I first started that, what I got up my wick. I'm kind of like, this is actually kind of funny because I wouldn't like he, he he's like he's fine. Like he's in, in his seventies or six, late sixties anyway. But like he he's had this very very old school of like steak and sports. That's yeah. his like that's his meals and stuff like that. But it's funny that those little comments probably would have irked some people, especially when you're going out for meals and kind of reverts back to that—that that people are afraid to kind of they don't they don't, they don't want to be salad Susan or anything like that. They don't want to have to have the salad. They want to actually have foods that they enjoy, but they don't want to be also the person has the big burger and chips because they're afraid yeah. of the judgment of others. Like, and it's mad.
1: I think that's so true. Like, uh, you'll get. I've been out with a group of people and there's been bigger people in the group and out of fear of what other people think of them, they will choose to get a salad. Yeah. When realistically, you don't want the salad. I know you don't want the salad. So why are you choosing the salad? You're not going to enjoy the salad. You're not going to enjoy the meal because you know, you're not going to enjoy the salad. So not only are you punishing yourself with the food you're going to eat, you're punishing yourself, by not enjoying the social occasion which is only going to have a knock-on effect with your mental health to be like, oh, I don't enjoy going out
0: Yeah, and I think the, the quote from The Simpsons you don't make friends with salad it comes to, it comes to mind but like, yeah. I think the one trick that I would say that I've always said to my clients is if you're out for a meal and you're not sure to what to order have a look at the menu beforehand and then if you're ordering and you don't want food envy go first because what will happen is if your person, if your friend beside you is going to have this massive, I don't know, lasagna or there's nothing wrong with lasagna or burgers and chips or whatever, and you don't necessarily feel like that and you literally just feel like, I don't know, a starter uh, mm. and a main or a main and dessert, whatever, whatever works for you, it's about sticking to your guns and not feeling yeah. that pressure because pressure and dealing with that kind of interference from people's lives and stuff like that is it, very taxing and trying to live up to other so. people's expectations of you and the biggest thing that I say to my clients is, would you swap place, places with that person that is potentially giving you that advice or potentially judging you? And more often than not, the people that are potentially giving you the advice, whether it's your nutrition or your training, probably aren't in the greatest shape of their lives. Yeah,
1: that is, that is bang on, bang on. And I think that for me, what I, if my clients go out, naturally i'm not i know you've been there you get that oh i'm going out i don't know what i can have um and again yes okay well be a bit mindful have a look at the menu see what's going on there but also you're not gonna if you know you're going out at the weekend your the likelihood is you're not going to eat excess of a thousand calories or whatever yeah so say we drop your calories over the next two weeks by 100 calories a day you're going to be back in line with where you are it's like um everyone when they go out on a night out now don't get me wrong don't have sugary drinks in your mixers but everyone will have oh gin and tonic do you like gin and tonic not really but it's good for you well you're not going to enjoy the night out then are you if you ain't enjoying every drink you're having if you want a pint have a pint but just know that okay that's going to Either that's going to take you over your calories by this amount, which is then going to take, what, an extra couple of days to get to where you want to go, or you need to adjust your calories before or after. And I think it's just getting that message across to more people that it is not the end of the world to have a pizza. And I think, I can't, I'm trying to remember a quote that I got told the other day, um, it will come to me, but if you consistently eat the right foods, so everyone goes on about 80% of the time you eat the good foods, 20% of the time you can have your treats, right? Well, I worked out that 80, if you're eating 20% of your meals on three uh, meals a day, that's like four meals a week that you could have treats, so to speak, yeah? So if you, can't, if you can't diet on that when you're eating these sort of foods that you love, then I find it a bit... You need to, obviously, that's where we come in and coach them to that end goal. But I think people get so bogged down, if I'm being fit, I can't eat this, I can't do that, I have to be 100% this side or 100% that side. There is no happy no medium me. no. which... Makes I'm I'm an example of it. You're an example of it. It's the happiest I've ever been in myself because I look, I look good when I look in the mirror. That's not me being narcissistic. I'm just happy with the way I look at the moment. My diet is probably, if anything, it could probably be a little bit cleaner. But I'm still happy happy where I am, and I'm getting the results that I want. Performance is good, so I think. Um it's definitely down that education piece for the mass public.
0: Yeah. I think, I think you're right. I think what, I think I just, when you were talking about kind of the meals and stuff like that and the nights out and stuff, I, an analogy came into my head of like if you compare your meals to Tinder, it's about kind of swiping onto the next one after and pressing reset onto the next yeah. one when you're, when you're eating out. Um, because I think a lot of people build up one meal in their heads when and potentially if they go off plan, but you can't be off plan if you're not on plan and mm-hmm. it's about finding that balance. I'm kind of saying to yourself, right. If I have this pizza tonight, I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to enjoy my time with my friends and fa- the, the family. Like life's too short. We've seen so many people pass away from what's going on at the minute. Mm. Why not try to say to yourself, right. I'm just going to have a little bit less breakfast, or I'm going to have a little bit less lunch the next day and try to get a little bit more water into my body and try to almost win the next day by going yeah. out for a walk. But the walk is for my head. It's not to say, right, I need to exercise off the calories. That's not what I'm trying to say. Because too many people think that they're burning more calories than they actually are because of the likes of the Fitbits, all that kind of stuff. When ultimately you're actually burning, probably burning more calories from probably going for a walk, even though I hate using exercise as a way of burning calories. But you're probably going to burn more calories from doing that than you are going to be doing a spin class when probably your kneecaps aren't going to be able to cope with it. And you're sitting on a desk all day anyway, so. probably jumping around a limb room, probably doing an S&C class, but whatever whatever works for you. But if you're doing burpees and palm burpees for the sake of looking a certain way, what's going to change your body composition is what you're going to be doing the majority of the time. What's going to be changing your body composition or how you look is lifting actual weights. And I think for girls in particular, from working with a lot of them, they're scared of looking, getting this bulky look when ultimately that ain't going to happen. Unless I you're putting testosterone
1: in your bodies, it's, it's just not happening. Do you know what I mean? Like, no. it, it takes, if you was to get a male client on now who hasn't been in the gym for a while, they're not going to look like Arnie overnight. Yeah, They're going to experience massive changes within their body if they're working with you over a certain period of time, but they're not going to look like Arnie. And we've, and that is just the results that they see is obviously more from the uh, increased testosterone that men have over women, right? But I think it's definitely uh, deteriorating that stigma of um, if I lift weights, I'm going to get bulky. I don't want to train up a body that much because all I want is an ass and nice legs. Um, we've all heard it, yeah, which is, is fair enough, but it's also coaching. You're not going to get massive if you do lap pull downs, assisted pull ups, but what you are going to do is burn calories, which is then going to lead you to le- losing weight and which would then give you the physique that you want because you can't train legs every single day. No,
0: and I think what you said about the kind of like the, the lap pull down and stuff like that, you th- think of it as. Like you're you're you've got a bit of sun over there. I'm looking at the window, it is piercing rain. But for girls and stuff like that, they want to potentially have the the, the, some girls, not all girls, but some girls want to have the the quads and the bums. Mm. But also they want to kind of look have kind of like a toned look, which it means building muscle. That is, but they want to have kind of like the the shoulders, the back, so when Mm -hmm. you can wear a strapless top or something like that. And that's gonna be the stuff that you're looking for. Doing loads of endless cardio isn't really gonna get you that. And
1: like I think like the amount of people that I see before they're going on holiday, they'll show a video of them just done repeated sprints dripping with sweat. Okay. You're doing repeated sprints. Let's say you're doing 30 seconds on 30 seconds off for 12 minutes. You're actually sprinting for six minutes there. Yeah. And you're telling me that those six minutes are going to burn more calories than you walking around for or getting your 10,000 steps in, I think it's, uh, people just believe, and that is a problem with the industry, is people just believe what they see over and over again. So people think, oh, repeated sprints, well, that's hit, so that's going to mean that I lose more uh, belly fat, which is then going to give me the abs that I want. So I, and do you know what? I I was one of those people as well. I've not been clued up my whole life with, fitness before i'd go on holiday i'd be doing repeated sprints in the morning and resistance training in the afternoon do you know what i mean so Robin. yeah it's, i'm not saying that people are idiots for the way they train but it's just what you see what you believe in when realistically if you look at the science behind it you go to a gym for an hour a day some people do double sessions they have two hours a day um so let's give it two hours that means you have eight hours sleep yeah so you're up for 14 other hours if you sit in bed, but you've done your two hours in the gym, are you gonna be burning as many calories as if you're always up, out active, walking here, there, and everywhere? No, you're not.
0: Yeah, I think people need to realize that everyone is so different with the amount of calories. Like Nathan's quite a, what are you, six, five? Yeah. So you're gonna burn a lot more calories than I would at 5'10". Yeah. So even from just kind of existing, really, his body is burning a lot more because he's he's just a bigger bigger mass. Uh, as well, I think people need to realize that there isn't one size that fits all with kind of the calories approach as well that say at 1600 calories you'll say the same weight, sixteen you're going to put on weight, that's not how it works yeah. you're better off kind of looking at a range, say 1600 calories to say 1800 calories and trying to find a happy medium between those two, two figures that work for you, those figures are out of my head they're not applied to anyone yeah. uh, and that's the biggest thing and I think a lot of people want to go like this 1200 calorie number it, if i had hair i would have pulled it out by now with this 1200 calorie number it's one of those numbers that i think needs to get we need to try and get rid of stop default my fitness pal doesn't help with that thing my fitness pal is an amazing tool but so many people when they go onto my fitness pal they will always enter in i want 2 pounds of weight loss a week and then it will automatically default but can you can you like if you lose half a pound a week every week for the year you're going to lose like
1: 26 pounds seven, that be pounds, 7 calories in a week that you're in a deficit yeah two two pounds that's a, a lot of food yeah that's absolutely bonkers but again it's, it's the quick fix i want to lose this much this quickly whereas for me two biggest things that are going to change the way you look patience and consistency Yeah, and they're they're not the sexy stuff that people want to see. They're not the
0: stuff that people want to buy. They're not the things that people want to buy into. They just want the quick fixes as you've spoken about. You've spoken about a good bit as well about kind of like body dysmorphia um and like what having to look a certain way and stuff like that. Um it's from like People can. I've had Victoria Spence on the podcast, and she talks about it from a female perspective. But body dysmorphia is definitely a thing for lads as well, which I don't think people 100%. realize. Have you struggled from yourself? I know for anyone that doesn't know Nathan's story, Nathan was on Love Island what three, four series ago? 2017. I was in there. Yeah.
1: Um, so who? What? What series were you on? You were on with Cam and Amber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for me. From that perspective, 100%. Like, um, in regards to, I remember when I went on the show and I looked at myself before the show and I honestly thought to myself, disgusting, disgusting. You're fat there, you're fat here. And the things that it was doing to my head, like I would look in the mirror, hate it, as I say, but then I'd look at the pictures from the show. Don't get me wrong, I wasn't in the best shape of my life. I still had a six pack, do you know what I mean? But even more for me, I'd say, is I remember in times in my life where I've been in probably what I would now say is the best shape of my life. But I remember being in that shape and being like, you are fat. When it's just... But that is, I think, when you have that obsession with... Um, Every meal needs to be spot on. I can't have can't go out for a beer with my mates because if I have one beer, those carbs in that beer is going to give me a beer belly or whatever and that is going to ruin all of my progress. And to be so fixated on the numbers, yes, like you say, I think like that catchment of, say a 200 calorie catchment where you find yourself in there, you're not going to balloon in weight at all, but you're going to find the happy medium which suits you and I think being so pinpointed on one number like I remember ages ago I used to be on 200 grams of uh sorry 220 grams of protein uh 100 grams of carbs and 40 grams of fat a day I'm six foot five and I weigh I've always weighed about 95 to 100 kilos so like I remember back then as well like that is Id- absolute idiocy now that I look at it. But I just thought that I had to do that because I wasn't getting the results that I wanted. When realistically, if I look at myself now, look at pictures, sorry, then I was I was there. Do you know what I mean? I, I had the physique that I wanted, but my mind wouldn't let me see that. There was always something that would be missing.
0: Do you Do you still feel a pressure to look a certain way?
1: I often say to people that are close to me if I was healthy and when I exercised it had, so say I put on body fat, but it still gave me like I was healthy internally. I wasn't going to, it wasn't a risk to my health, but my mind was still the same. I wouldn't care. I wouldn't care if I was, if I had abs or I looked like I do, it really wouldn't bother me I feel like it's just now my mind is completely transformed to it's just the uh, mental benefits of fitness that I have fallen in love with now like I'll go to the gym the other day I went to the gym I did three sets of pull-ups three sets of squats that was it before I would have pulled myself through a grueling workout but now I can get in there because I'm not so fixated on the way I look, I think the way I look is a pro it's easy for me to say, but the way I look is a product of 12 years of being dedicated to fitness. But right now I don't ever have a thought of, ah, I'm not going to eat that pizza because that will change the way I look or I'm not going to do this because, or even training rest days, I would never have a rest day before it'd be, uh, I'd say I trained six days a week on the seventh day, I'd go for a run, do some abs. Whereas now I just listen to my body. And that's, I think the key is I saw uh, something on social media, uh, again, um, the other day and it was a picture of a phone battery and it was in the red and it said, you wouldn't let your phone battery get down to this. So why would you let yourself? And then there was a red bar in a human and it was sort of stopped at the ankles so it said it wouldn't you wouldn't let what so why do you let yourself get down to that and i think that is something that people don't understand. if they miss a gym session then it's bad they're just driving themselves into the ground which ultimately is no is no good for you you need to take that time recharge go again
0: yeah i think a lot of people do have that kind of like i need to be hammering myself into the ground rather than trying to say, I, I know myself five week, five days a week is too much for my body. Mm-hmm. Particularly when I was doing face-to-face PT and doing 5 a.m. to 9 p.m. Like my body wasn't able to cope, but it yeah. yet I still did it. And I was wondering why I was so mentally fatigued, why I was mm. so tired. And then for some strange reason, I decided to do a fitness photo shoot in the middle of it and put myself in very low calories just for the sake <laughs> of a six pack because society potentially wanted that. Mm. But from, I learned a hell of a lot of lessons. I'm glad I did it. But I learned a hell of a lot of lessons from that on how to not approach dieting and how to change the mindset towards that. But I think when people are looking for exercise, they're always looking for how can I burn the most calories? How can I do this? One, go right. I'm going to go out for a walk every day and throw on a podcast or meet up with a friend for an ice cream or whatever it may be or a cup of coffee. Have an an honest chat and focus on that and trying to say, right, I'm going to go to the gym two or three times a week. Three times a week for most people is more than enough. If you've got f- like f- young kids and if you had young kids during lockdown you deserve a medal by the way. Mm-hmm. You it's you to fit into your schedule two or three days a week is more than is way more than enough. Bring the kids out for a walk, get them involved. You don't need to jump around the living room in order to get the body you're wanting. It's about what you're doing in the kitchen as cheesy mm-hmm. as it sounds it's about what you're doing out of the gym realistically. That's going to help you more. You don't burn as many calories as you think when you're yeah. when you're like, if I was to train with Nathan right now, Nathan would probably burn more, burn more calories than me during training mm-hmm. exercise because he is a bigger body mass. If I was to train with someone who is a slider body mass, and only say five foot three or five foot four to me, they're probably going to burn less calories than me. Everyone will burn them at different rates. Mary down the road is not going to burn as many calories. And anyone that uses those fitness trackers or those garments or Fitbits or anything like that to track their calories at the minute burns, I would advise you to probably stop and unlink it to your MyFitness or from your MyFitness pal. There was research done, I think, by Stanford or Harvard that even the most accurate one of those fitness trackers was 80% or it was 20% wrong. And that was the Apple iWatch. So oh, even 20% wrong, that's a huge margin for error. So I would focus on saying, right, how am I going to move today Mm. Or how am I going to win the day by getting out for a walk? Or how am I going to get my protein and my veg in with each meal? I'm See, focusing on those things.
1: I think yeah, one, I've got a Fitbit myself. And every day I celebrate my 10,000 steps. I don't really care about the calories that I'm burning in a day because I know that I'm burning enough. And I think that in that sense, it gives you a little vibrate when you're, uh, you've are you hit 10,000 steps. Sometimes I'll be standing in the shower washing and it will start vibrating, telling me that I've hit my 10,000 steps. So I know it's not to the point, but to know that it's a good target to have to know that you've moved. However, I think you mentioned there, people just need to move more. Um, Yes, working out is great, but going on walks, connecting with people, I think the element that really tricks people into thinking, well, that can't be burning calories is sweat. Because when people don't sweat, they think, well, I'm not working out. And a thing that, since I've lived in Australia, a thing that I love to say to my clients is, if I was to walk down to the beach now and I lie down, I'm, my towel's going to be drenched with sweat because it's hot, right? So just because you're sweating, it does not mean that you are working out or it does not mean that you're burning more calories. It's just a product of your body being hot and it's trying to cool you down. And I think that so many people wouldn't associate walking as exercise or moving more through the day as exercise because they're not sweating whilst they do it.
0: They also think that it's like there must be a trick. Like this, this, can't, this is too good to be true. That yeah. walking can, like they're almost like, nah. I've been told something else for so long. Why is this all of a sudden only coming out? Why is this so simple?
1: There's no money to be made in walking.
0: Well, Darren's doing all right.
1: Yeah, tell me about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so fair yeah, like play. it's,
0: it's uh, no, but I it I think what we need to like use walking as is kind of a social aspect, obviously with the two meters rule that we have in Ireland. But mm. it's it needs to be put up more on a pedestal compared to going for these really really stupidly low calorie diets and trying to focus on that. Like saying to someone, "Move more, eat less," is too simple. Yeah. It's because it's that, not yeah. the right it's not the right message. It's 100%. not it's not educating anyone, and the education has to start with while we're in school. Has yep. to start with that side of stuff. I remember being in school, and none of this stuff was taught to us. Hundred percent. There was no none of this nutrition stuff
1: taught. And us also, I think as well, the weight loss, fat loss thing. People can lose weight eating a pizza a day. That's that's possible. I could lose weight eating a large Domino's pizza every day because I'd be in a massive deficit, but am I going to lose fat? Absolutely not because I'm just putting shite into my body. So I think saying, right, you need to be in a calorie deficit. I think the importance of other parts of fitness come into that. So if you're looking to lose fat, there is a way to go about it. And it is most of the time eating those nutrient dense foods that are going to not only be beneficial for your body, but also I think when I, if I, if I start to feel a bit funny or a little bit low, I'll look at what I've eaten. I ain't eaten vegetables in the last three days or a bit of fruit. Do you know what I mean? And it's little little uh, things like that that you pick up on as you go through. But I think you're, you're absolutely bang on. The education, the way I do believe in our lifetime, it's going to be, there's will be a swing. And I think that the education at a younger age needs to change because if i remember when i jumped on the pod with james he said his dad ain't got a clue about um calories his mum ain't got a clue about carbs and then that's just what do we learn the most from from our parents and what they their experiences yes you go into schools but i mean when i was at school they were still selling turkey twizzlers and smiley faces every day do you know what i mean yeah
0: it's it it is, and it's exactly. And I think I can't speak for parents because I'm not a parent. But mm. I think what we, as this generation, what we should be concentrating on is our wording around ourselves, our wording around our food, because that's ultimately going to be knocked on to the next generation. Mm-hmm. So if we can take some sort of responsibility for that, and have this whole self compassion, self acceptance, saying removing this whole stigma of good or bad foods that's going to be knocked on to our kids. That's going to be knocked on to their kids. And if we can stop and kind of almost play our part in it and try to remove that stigma, I think that goes a very, very long way because ultimately the school systems and education systems definitely in Ireland are, are lacking in some sort of method in order to get this message across. And nobody I know when you're in school, you don't really want to learn all this kind of stuff. But I think if you don't want to end up doing like certain branded diets i'm not going to mention them yeah. but i think it has to it has to start with the, the the has to start at a younger age six seven eight nine ten is when you're, you're kind of your mind is forming mm-hmm. and just needs to make sure that it, that's getting sorted
1: i think um as well i've had a few mums that have worked with me and yes i'm providing the education to them but they come back to me and they'll say now they're passing that on to the meals that they're doing for their kids or things like that. And I feel like that will then pass through the generation because whatever's considered the norm at home is what you will take forward going on. Yeah. Like for example, when I was younger, my family, don't get me wrong, we had takeaways and that bit would be like fish and chips or, uh, a kebab and chips or whatever, it wouldn't be your McDonald's every every week or whatever. So therefore I've never been someone that's big on McDonald's because it's not a big thing for me. Whereas I feel like not, I'm not saying we're going to save the world, but if we pass on that sort of information to our clients, then it will benefit them, their understanding of calories. And that is, again, it comes into providing the service in the right way not putting people through a crash diet so they learn nothing it's about educating so they can do it on their own and get the same results or keep the results that they have
0: yeah and there's like there's absolutely nothing wrong with kind of takeaways there's nothing wrong with McDonald's any of that kind of stuff it's mm. everything in kind of moderation if you're having yeah. say a takeaway once a week and that's your family time amazing And then if you're looking looking to lose weight and stuff like that, well, then it's just kind of about adjusting your calorie balance for the rest of the week, potentially reducing by say 200 calories on a Saturday if you're having it on a Friday or else reducing on a Thursday. And then just kind of saying to yourself, right, I might feel a little bit blur or a little bit bloated the next day from the processed food because I know myself when I process food, I don't Mm -hmm. feel amazing mentally or physically. So I know I need to increase my water. So many people are looking for the quick fixes rather than focusing on their sleep. So many people are scrolling yeah. rather than strolling. So many people are wait when they first wake up. I think it's like eighty six percent of people when they first wake up, the first thing they do is reach for their phone and look on social media. So they're more concentrated That's on Are more you one of those eighty six percent?
1: Sorry? Are you one of those eighty six percent?
0: No, I have my two I've my well this morning. Um <laughs> yeah. to, I, No I've my two I've my two phones in the other room. Yeah. Uh, so first thing I reach for is to write, to try and either journal or yeah. try to read 10 pages uh, exactly first the thing in the morning. Yeah. So it's, it's it like there's days I don't want to do it, but I know mm. that the days I don't want to do something, I learn more about, about myself and yeah. it will put me closer to where I want to go. And my clients are always baffled why I'm awake so early. Mm. I'm like, well, I go to bed really early yeah. so I can get up early so I can get a couple of hours work ahead of when the mayhem starts. Mm-hmm. Uh, before clients come in, before I don't want to answer emails, it's about kind of doing the stuff I don't that you guys don't that people don't see, yeah, and posts and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I think for a lot of people, when they're scrolling first thing in the morning, they're almost use they're looking to see what other people are doing in their lives rather than focusing on their own.
1: You're not take, like for me, my thing is wake up, get Audible on, walk down to the beach stay in my own head I don't touch obviously my phone is on but I don't go on I turn my phone off uh, through the night Um, I don't go on any notifications until I am back from my walk because if I don't start the day in my own head then something is going to influence my decisions or the way I'm thinking and for me that's that's not a good way to to get going I don't think like if you're constantly involved in it goes back to being selfish doing what you want to do having clarity and if you have that clarity in the morning away from your phone away from oh this happened last night or who's wearing what on instagram or where are people what are they doing during lockdown i think that is invaluable time and like like you said there 86 percent of people don't take that time and what, yeah. what do you what do you get from how many miles is your scrub is your thumb done rather than your feet?
0: Yeah, 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 exactly. How much how many more miles has your thumb done than your feet? Like it it's it's mad that we're so worried about what other people are doing and then we're worrying we're we're wondering why our own headspace isn't amazing. Yeah. Why our own lives aren't the way that we want them to be. We're so we're not taking action on what we want to do. And I can feel so many people, a lot of people who have unfortunately lost their jobs during lockdown. But there's so many people who potentially have had a lot of self-reflection during lockdown haven't been able to cope with it, and I've been kind of saying, "I want to leave my job." And now is my time to do it. Mm. And now is the the time and opportunity. This could be the sign. This could be the kick up the yeah. arse that you potentially needed. I think a lot of people are like there is fear. We all want guarantees in our life. We all want to <laughs> succeed at everything that we do. But I can guarantee I've learned more lessons from my shit time in my headspace from those three and a half years ago. Than I would have had if that episode. I'd still be in corporate world if I if that episode didn't. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. Like,
1: I it's, as cringe as it sounds. I often say I had to be dragged through hell to get to heaven, because now, I wouldn't have the life that I have without those times. And I think that you mentioned fear there. For me, I am so fearful that one day I would have to go back to the corporate world. So for me, that's that's driving me from behind, the fear of going back there. And then also I've got the, the want to help as many people as I physically can, making me sh- shoot forward as well. So I think fear is in every decision that you make in your life, whether it be you're getting into a relationship, it is scary because you're giving someone half of you. Yeah? You're having a obviously i haven't had i haven't got kids but i imagine it is worrying you have um kids it's going to be scary am i going to be a good parent and so on but ultimately it is got to be something that drives you I think, of, I think for most
0: of i think most of the time it's just about showing up and also you've said you've mentioned it's about creating the life that you want to create it's not about creating the life that social norms are potentially dictating. It's about creating a life that you want to be happy with, and that may be potentially traveling or living in Australia for someone else. It could be having the family and the kids, and then being happy enough with that, and being happy 100%. with and content with that, rather than kind of saying, "Right, I could have had this when." Like I think there's a study or something like that when they when they talk to say. 90 year old people on their deathbeds and stuff like that, or the term terminally ill uh, patients and stuff like that, the biggest regret they have is that they didn't jump at stuff that they wanted to do or that they didn't travel or some of that. So we need to kind of make it, maybe take a step back. I know that's kind of quite morbid uh, for like quarter past nine in the morning, but mm-hmm. it's, it's one of those things that we do need to say, say to ourselves, right. What can I, what do I want to do why? where is balance for me? Have I kind of got like balance with my love life? Have I got balance with my work life? Have I got balance? Because so many people are being pulled back, left, right and center and they're forgetting what the center is. They're forgetting that they are the center and if they aren't up and if their battery levels are low, there's going to there's gonna be a crash there somewhere and I don't know when it's going to happen, but there's going to be a crash.
1: 100%. And I think you're, you're bang on. I'm not saying that my path is the right path for anyone to take. Yeah but it is the right path for me. And I think Lucky. that a lot of people buy into the area. As I mentioned before we come on, uh, the area I was brought up in, it was right. You go to school, you go to college, you go, get out of the town, go to uni, come back. And then you go in 20 minutes into London. And that is your life. You're going to get promotion after promotion, after promotion, you are going to have a free bed house, free kids. That's you done. But for me, for some people, brilliant. But for me, that's just not my path. And I think that it is so important for people to really understand what they want. And even if it is against the norm or what people in their family have done or think that they should do, if it is the right choice for you, you've got to, you've got to try it because you'd rather try it and fail than never tried at all, right?
0: One hundred percent. You're probably going to learn more from that failure and how you can apply it to something else. Um, that, and, and you'll learn those lessons. I've definitely, from even from the business side of things and my personal side of things, that I've definitely learned a, hell of a lot more from the down times and that side of stuff and grown from that and been able to apply that to either having that whole mental side of things that I can relay that to clients, mm-hmm. or having that mental clarity to say, right, I actually need to try and take a step back. I'm running myself into the ground doing work. I need to take a step back and say, right, let's be smarter. Let's try to streamline something. Let's try to either give this job to someone else or get someone in to work with yourself and do that. Potentially it could be something like editing the podcast or something like that, but I enjoy that. I quite that quite soothing. Some people don't like doing that, but it could be the artwork. Outsource that if you're, if you've got your own mm-hmm. company or if you've got if you've if you got your food and stuff like that, potentially, and if you haven't got, when people say they haven't got time, I don't believe they haven't got a time. But it's agree. <laughs> you. If you haven't got something in your calendar, you have time. Like, mm-hmm. how can you know you have no? How can you have no time if you have nothing in your calendar? You have your social life, you have your work life to the T. But when it comes to yourself, you don't have anything organized. Yeah. That was Paul Mort that taught me that. So okay. I
1: can't take yeah. credit for that. Sentence. Okay, I agree. Like, I think if someone if you can't make time for yourself then in my opinion you've got to have a long look at yourself because if you're again it comes down to i wouldn't say I'm big on energies but if you're unhappy in yourself everything that you put out is going to be
0: people will feel it people will will see through it as well they'll be like yeah. this person's just doing this for the sake of it
1: yeah and they're
0: like they're 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 just going strolling through life scrolling through life and then ultimately again if you're kind of one of those people that's potentially bitching about people and being negative towards people you're not happy
1: yeah and exactly that's exactly it you you need to take positivity from your own actions otherwise you will i do think that you will fall into a negative bitchy state where you can't find good in anything or you've got people that don't want to, they see somebody doing well, like that guy uh, you mentioned earlier, see you doing well, want to drag you down. What's that about? As I said on, uh, to you before the podcast, for me, anyone in this industry, for the right re- reasons, so like yourself, if somebody's listening to this podcast and they think, right, I want to go with Shane uh, as my online coach, I am celebrating that for you because I know that they are going to get success. And that is why we're in this game yeah to make people
0: 100 percent, you have hit the nail on the head there uh so nathan I we could chat literally all day and mm. literally this felt like just having a cup of tea in a coffee shop honestly uh, where could where can people find out about yourself on instagram where can people fly for coaching and join the
1: uh, your online coaching group yeah so um for me my socials instagram is nathan joseph pt um, and then the business account is built in 100. Um, honestly, if you shoot me a message, anything at all, I'll always come back to you um, as soon as I can. Um, and yeah, mate, honestly, like lovely chat here today. Um, thoroughly. No, it's, been, it's
0: been amazing. Like it's 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 uh, it's amazing having someone over the other end of the world uh, having a chat and just shooting the breeze and that's what sort it of felt like they didn't really at times i didn't realize the microphone was on yeah um so nathan i cannot thank you enough for for giving up some of your time um and having a chat it's been amazing
1: likewise absolutely loved it mate
0: um guys if you've enjoyed that episode at all please do tag nathan and i up on our story leave a review up on itunes listen up share it up on your stories and stuff like that it was really really great to hear another guy talking about kind of mental health because it is a stigma that needs to be raised there is kind of a lot a lot of campaigns being put out there it's just about putting the stuff into action now so guys hopefully you've enjoyed that episode if you've taken any notes that or you if it's impacted you and all on what Nathan and I have said please don't be afraid to pop us a message thank you again for listening guys talk to you soon